the Lord Jesus did what he saw the Father do. We are called to do the Father's works just like Jesus. In this message, our goal is to learn what Jesus taught about the Father's works, discover how Jesus walked with the Father, and learn how we can walk with the Father and do his works. We've been uh, studying about the Father's works last Sunday. Pastor shared about the Father's works. It is actually a precursor to what we're going to be studying later on during this year. It's about going to be about healing and deliverance. Now, you must have wondered, you know, why should I really give so much time and effort to look at the Father's works? And what are these, what is meant by the Father's works and so on? And just a recap about the Father's work, a quick recap. We see that the Lord Jesus came to do the Father's business, what he calls the Father's business. It's important for us to know that whatever he did, whatever he did, this earthly ministry, we, we read so much in the Gospels. The way he reached out, the way he touched the lepers, the way he healed, the way he taught, and what he demonstrated after teaching, whatever he did, it was his father's business. Whatever he did, right? He never did anything which was not in line with the father's will. So he came with this express purpose to do the father's business, to do the father's works. And whatever he did, it was the father's will. Because he says in Hebrews 10 verses 5 and 7, it's written where he says, I have come to do your will. So the father's works is actually the father's will. So the Lord Jesus came to do the works of the father and to carry out the will of the father, the desire, the wish of the father. That is what he carried out. We see that he came not in his own authority, but in the father's authority, the father's name. And that is what we see in um, John chapter 5 and verse 43, he says, I have come in my father's name to do the father's works, which are his will and purpose. He revealed the sonship glory. He called the temple, he called it my father's house, his father's house. And if you remember that incident, he went and overturned the tables of the money changers and he chased all the, uh, all the people who were buying and selling, he ch chased them out and he and he said, you know, this is my father's house. And the verse after that says that he invited those who were, those who were being tormented, those who were sick, and he healed them there in the father's house. So we see that he did the father's work or the father's works in the father's house. So the father's house, God's house, is the place or, you know, we can say that it's the place for the father's works to be made manifest for healing, for deliverance, for the glory of God to be manifest. Yes, the glory of God belongs everywhere in the marketplace. We carry the anointing. The presence of God does the difference over there. But in the Father's house, the manifest glory of God, the purposes of God to be revealed, to be manifest. And we also see that part of doing the Father's works was to destroy the works of Satan. So when Jesus went about doing the Father's works, he was, in a way, simultaneously bringing down the works of the devil, the works of Satan. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8 says that for this reason he was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the enemy. So whenever he did the Father's work, he was destroying the enemy's work. So the Father's work destroys 
the work of the enemy, destroys the work of the enemy. Now, I was just reading this week about this Jewish custom where the father comes and introduces the son in the town square and says, this is my son and he will carry about my business. He will do my business. In other words, if you're dealing with the son, you're dealing with me. In other words, he was saying, this is my beloved son. In fact, the father will actually use that word. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this is what exactly what happened by the banks of Jordan. And there was John the Baptist. If you can imagine John the Baptist, a very rough, you know, maybe unsophisticated man dressed in camel skin because he, he was, I'm saying unsophisticated because he had, you know, so much guts, so much courage. He would not, you know, he would not hesitate. He would not mince any words. He looked at the Pharisees and he says, you brood of serpents. He didn't hold back any punches. And here is he, here he is baptizing people, telling them to repent. And here comes Jesus. Here comes the Lord. And he introduces the Lord Jesus. He says, the Lamb of God that takes away sins of the world. Can you just picture that? Imagine that scene. And Jesus is baptized by John, the Baptist. And he comes out of the water. And we see the picture of the Trinity over there. The Father's voice is heard. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove. And there is God the Son coming out of the water. A picture of the Trinity. And the voice from heaven, the Father's voice, declaring just like how a Jewish father would declare the son in the town square, declaring, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. In other ways, in other words, the father was declaring and he's saying, this is my son. He's going to carry about, he's going to go about doing my business. And Jesus, from that day forth, from that day onwards, anointed by the Holy Spirit after he was you know, back from the wilderness, he went in the power of the Holy Spirit doing the works of the Father, business of the Father. Now, it's very important for us to understand, to identify, you know, the works of the Father because it's possible that we sometimes attribute the works of the enemy and we call it the works of the Father. God is maybe teaching me a lesson. Maybe God is angry with me and so on. But if you look at the Gospels and if you see what, writers of the gospels have recorded and if you look at the ministry of Jesus whatever he did was the father's work so it's important for us to identify that and say okay these are the works of the father when we are saying that we are saying that he is also destroying the works of the enemy the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 I think he he describes the works of the father he goes into a little more detail and he says I have been anointed by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, not to give more heartaches to the brokenhearted, right? Not to add more burden to the brokenhearted. He says, I've come to heal the brokenhearted, not to put people in bondage, but to set, to proclaim freedom to the captives. That's the work of the Father. You know, one of these campus elevates, we were at chapel uh, service at, uh, you know, in this, in this college. And there were about 500 students who were there, were, were there and, and we, were, we were just leading in worship and we were leading. And we were singing this song, One Way, right? And everybody was singing that bridge, you know, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And, and you could see people of, 
from different religious backgrounds there. Different religious backgrounds. And we could see it by because of the dress they wore and so on. But you could see that. And everybody's singing, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And, I, and my heart was moved. And I was, I was like, God, if they really take that stand, it's going to be a tough life. I was feeling a little sad in the sense, you know, I come from a Christian background, right? So there's freedom and, and so on. But not everyone is. And I was, I was feeling a little pain. I was saying, God, you know, are things going to be tough for them? And I could immediately sense God speaking and saying, hey, I love them. I care for them. I will take care of them. That's the father. He doesn't come to add more burdens upon burdens. He doesn't come to put us, you know, in a prison cell and say, okay, boys, fun is over. The wet blanket of all wet blankets has come. No. He is the deliverer, the one who speaks freedom, the one who brings freedom. You know, if we think this is freedom, when we are living in sin, we should experience that real freedom. It's like releasing a fish back into water. It's like releasing the fish back into water. The father's works, amazing. Um, The work of the father. You know, you don't have to go too far. Just look at your own lives. Just look at yourself. You're there, living proof of the father's work, right? Father's work does not stop with salvation alone. The salvation is the greatest gift. The greatest miracle goes beyond that. In fact, the word salvation itself is a many-faceted word. The word sozo talks about forgiveness. It talks about forgiveness from sin. It talks about healing, physical healing, emotional healing, deliverance, peace, salvation. is the work of the Father. And we need to identify that and say, God, this is your work. It's important to identify because the father now turns around and says, now you go and do my works. You go and do my works. You know, sometimes we wrongly attribute the works of the enemy to the works of the father because we can't explain certain things. But let's not, you know, lower the word of God to the level of our experience. Let's declare the truth for what it is. Let's declare it. If God says so, it is so. So the works of the Father. The second thing that we could do is also tolerate the works of the enemy. Tolerate the works of the enemy and say, maybe God is teaching something. Maybe something good will come out of this. You know, if you identified something as the works of the Father, then I believe that God gives us the discernment and the warning to identify something as the works of the enemy. John chapter 10 and verse 10. The Lord said, I have come that you might have life. And before that, he says, the enemy comes to do three things. To steal, to kill, to destroy. So the enemy is very clear. So the Lord Jesus, he describes and he says, this is why the enemy comes. He comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. These are not the works of the Father. The works of the Father are to restore. The works of the Father are to bring about healing, to heal the brokenhearted. The works of the Father bring about reconciliation. That's the work of the Father. So if there's something that we identify as the work of the enemy, then what should we do? What should we do? You know, we need to stand our ground and say, the authority, by the authority that God, that you have given us, we come against this work of the enemy. No weapon, your word says, no weapon formed against us will prevail. So by the authority that you've given us, God, we identify that this is the work of the enemy. So we come against this. We stand against it in the name of Jesus. 
right? So, and God actually brought this, you know, very powerfully in my life, brought this revelation. Uh, I think I've shared this before, but I, I think it's, it merits, you know, sharing again. Um, I used to work with this company, and it, I used to travel to Hyderabad uh, on work. And at this one particular time, you know, uh, it was always rushing. You just come back from office, uh, you know, take the bag, the clothes bag, and then, and then rush out of the house, get an auto go, and just barely make it in time to catch the train, go to Hyderabad. And uh, this one time, you know, I was so tired, just came back, just got into the auto, and I was like, oh, okay, just take me to the railway station. And uh, the driver, you know, in Bangalore, there's a long route and there's a short route for any destination, right? And the auto driver just took me. Uh, I know it was not the shortest of routes, but I was so tired. I just said, just, just go. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to give you directions. Sometimes you feel that way, right? You come back home, you know, you reach Bangalore early in the morning, and you don't feel like giving that left and right. You just say, okay, go. And the same thing happened here. I was, you know, I was so tired, and I just said, okay, let him go. It was not the shortest route. It was a longer route. I reached, got into the train, and God started speaking to me. This is what he said. He said, you know, this is what you do. This is what you do in your spiritual life as well, in life in general. You tolerate the work of the enemy. Sometimes you're so tired, you just give up. Now, I'm not calling the auto driver an enemy, but, uh, you know, but God is just dra- drawing a pattern saying, this is what you do. You don't stand up. You had, I, see, I had all the authority to tell the auto driver, boss, please take a right here. And he, w- he would have taken it, right? But I just didn't use it. I, I felt tired. I just said, okay, whatever happens, happens. I'll just go through. I'll just float through life. We are so passive sometimes, saying all that happens in my life, whatever happens will happen. And it's all because of God. No, not so. Not so. God has given us authority to stand. God has given us the discernment. He's given us the Holy Spirit to give us that wisdom to stand against what we can identify as the works of the enemy. So let's do that because it's very important to identify the works of the enemy. Okay, we just move on to how Jesus walked with the Father. How Jesus walked with the Father. And I'm just going to read from John chapter 1 and verse 18. It says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. And the word bosom there um, explained to be in the intimate presence of the Father. Now the reason the Lord Jesus did the works of the Father. He was very clear about the purpose. But the way he could walk in it consistently, successfully, is because he was in the intimate presence of the Father. Now you'll recall, you know, Jesus saying time and again, I only do what I see the Father do, right? And I I only teach or I only speak what I've heard from the Father. Now when we study about these works of the Father, we see that he was in intimate fellowship with the Father at all time, at all times. And we read that in many places. Um, all the writers of the Gospels, they record it. And uh, we're just going to look at a few verses here, Matthew 14 and verse 23. And said, uh, it says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone there. So he was there with the Father. Mark chapter 1 and verse 35 also talks about it. And um, so also uh, other references in Luke and John as well. So he spent time with the Father to hear from the Father so that he could speak what the Father was telling, what the Father was saying. 
he spent time with the father so he could actually see what the father was doing so that he could do in those circumstances in those situations what the father would do because if you look at the father's works they're all supernatural supernatural miraculous not what you and i can manufacture a changed life a transformed life is a work of the father it's not something that you can drill into a person no the person has to change that change has to come from the inside and it is a work of the father supernatural works and the works of the father actually reveal the nature of god they reveal the nature of god now the lord jesus spent so much of time in the presence of the father so that he could go and do the works and these works reveal the nature of god would reveal the heart of god so it would reveal what god thought about a person who was probably in bondage it revealed what god thought about someone who was oppressed it revealed what god thought about someone who was in sickness in pain it revealed the father's heart and how would jesus know that because he was in constant communion constant fellowship with the father the lord jesus for him intimacy with god the father was priority in the business of ministry in the business of all that was happening he would take time to be alone with the father okay that's something that we learn and that's something that we need to follow as well as people who are called to walk the way he did we are called to set apart time to be intimate to know what's on the father's heart and most of the times 99% you know this is what comes under attack this is what comes under attack this becomes a casualty right it seems a waste of time hey, how can i i need to do stuff i need to do but we see that hearing and doing are two sides of the same coin without the hearing there can be no doing so the more we take time to hear to be clear about what god wants done and then we will step into the doing and even as we do if we stay in touch with the father to hear god what do you want done now i'm sure you know you've seen or you maybe you worn that band what would jesus do the father's works are just that what would jesus do even as we go through life even as we you know maybe in our schools our colleges our workplaces maybe at home every day we come across situations which demand that demand that answer what would jesus do you know have you felt that you step out of here you know after the service you step out and you will face we will face that question time and again what would jesus do sometimes it's not easy what would jesus do and we need to answer that and we will answer that in a way that brings glory to god when we spend time with the father when we see what the father is doing when we hear what he's saying and when we appropriately step into that situation in faith then we would answer that question answer that you know in a way that brings fruit in a way that brings glory to god we see that um, the lord jesus in his teaching in his doing in everything that he did it was whatever the father wanted he lived for the honor that came from the father now that's another challenge he lived for the honor that came from the father which means that it would place him in situations where people would not appreciate people would not understand people will not appreciate people could even you know talk ill of him talk ill of what he was doing but he continued to do the works of the father now the works of the father sometimes 
you know, it's when you when you read about the works of the father, it's not always comfortable. You know, Mary carrying the child, the supernatural conception, the work of the father, it's not comfortable for society, right? Sometimes there is a stigma. But the Lord Jesus, he lived for the honor that came from God. And when we so order our lives and say, God, you know, that honor that comes from you, that's enough. And we will be walking and doing what the Father has called us to do. Recently met, uh, met a pastor over the over Friday in Chennai and how his family had ostracized him. He came from a Buddhist background, became a believer and uh, on fire for God. And the family totally said, you know, we don't want anything to do with you and totally ostracized. And, you know, these are some of the challenges when you want to step out and do the works of the Father. Or maybe even, a, you know, even for believers, it could be, you know, don't rock the boat. Right? Don't rock the boat. Let's talk about uh, Jesus. Let's talk about, you know, how he comforts and so on. But don't step into that of healing and deliverance and so on. Let, why, why do we need to go there? But the fact is that it's, some, it's sometimes uncomfortable. If we want to live for the honor that comes from man, then we will not be walking in the Father's works. So Jesus lived for the honor that came from the Father. And, um, and this is what he says, John chapter 8 and verse 54. Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me of whom you say he is your God. Chapter 10 and verse 17, Therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. The Lord was willing to come to that extent of even laying down his life in honoring his father. And he would keep the father's commands at all times. John chapter 15 and verse 10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So the Lord is saying, I have kept my father's commandments and abide or stay in his love. And in John chapter 15, we see that picture of that intimacy, that relationship that we are all called for, we are all invited to have. That picture of the vine and the branches. Let's read that. John chapter 15, verses 1 onwards. It says, I am the true vine and my father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. And we go on to verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides or stays in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So that is the relationship, that is the picture of a fruitful life. That is the picture that we are called. That is the invitation that we are given. He's saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now the branch is the fruit-bearing part of the vine. Now if you are called to bear fruit, then we need to remain part of the vine. Because the life that flows in the vine flows in the branches. And the Lord says, verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done you. So we are called to walk in that close communion, close fellowship. And we are actually commissioned by the Lord to do the works of the Father. To do the works of the Father. We are commissioned. John chapter 20 and verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also 
send you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So we, we studied about how the Father sent the Lord Jesus. He was anointed to do these various things. He was sent, he was commissioned to do the Father's works. He was sent to go about doing the Father's business. And our call is no different. Our commissioning is no different. The Lord is saying, as I was sent, so I send you. So in our going, we are called to go and do the Father's works. Now you might be thinking, you know, how do I do it? How can I do it? All that we are called to do is partner in what God is doing. Very simple. Just partner in what God is already doing. Because the Lord Jesus said, my Father has been working and he's working until now. So which means that whenever you see these situations that the Father wants to work, the Father wants to change, we just partner with him. We put our hands in his hands. We hear what he has to say. We see what he would do and we partner with him and step into those situations. We just partner with him. When we partner with him, you know, we would do it in his strength. In fact, he, he has come uh, to anoint us to do what he has done and also to do the greater works. John chapter 14 and verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. You know, in the Lord Jesus' mind, there was no doubt. There's no doubt. He looks at his disciples and says, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. There was no doubt. He's saying, you disciples, you are called to do greater works because I go to my Father because therein is the key. Because he, if he goes to the Father, he would send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would come and indwell and empower and cause these works to happen and cause these strongholds to come down and cause these chains to be broken and cause this transformation to happen in people's lives. So he says that he has sent us as he was sent and he says, those who believe in me, they will do the works that I do and greater works. Now, you know, maybe we have gone, we have laid hands, we have prayed, we have shared, nothing has happened. Or maybe things have happened. You know, I, I'm sure we have all kinds of stories, you know, stories on both sides if we go around asking, you know, can we press in? Can we be relentless in our pursuit? You know, I was really challenged. Um, I was reading Bill Johnson saying, you know, he's relentless in this pursuit. Oh, there are, like, he sees some healings happen. He prays and some things don't, you know, some people don't get healed. And there are certain symptoms, there are certain diseases that, you know, that people don't get healed. And he's relentless about it. He just goes and he names and he says, God, you know, let there be breakthrough in this area. Let there be an anointing to break these kinds of symptoms. People are suffering. People are in pain, God. Relentless. You know, have we prayed those kind of prayers? Have we prayed the challenges for us, all of us? You know, the challenges for me to come to God and say, God, I want to be relentless in this God, in this pursuit, God. Maybe, you know, we, we were passionate at one time. And maybe we've reached a place, you know, because of all the things that are happening, the battles raging, and come to a place saying, oh, no, it's okay. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be in the sidelines. You know, God is calling us to get into the game. God is calling us to do, to partner in what he is already doing you know, and to give us creative ideas, to give us those strategies, even as we give ourselves to him, even as we come to him and say, God, what is it that you want me to do, God? What is it that you are doing, oh God, in this situation? What is it that you're saying, oh God, 
And he's more than willing because it's his work. It is his work. Sometimes we look at it and we get challenged. We get overwhelmed and say, God, how am I ever going to do this? But God wants to remind us it is his work. It is his doing. So we are called to partner. Now, can we pray those bold prayers? Can we use our discernment and say, God, these are your works. These are not. I will never mix these up. God, if this is not your work, then I'm going to stand up. I'm not going to tolerate the work of the enemy in my life or in others' lives. I'm going to stand up. I will not tolerate. Can we come to that place of being diligent? God is calling us. God is calling us not just to do the work, but to do the work, the greater works. And the Lord, you know, every time he prayed, he expected that the prayer will be granted. Now, sometimes there are, there's unbelief that we can't even trace, you know. This unbelief. We think we have faith, but there, there could be unbelief in us. And let's take it as a challenge and say, God, you know, I want those, you know, those traces of unbelief. I just want that to be removed. I just want to be changed, to be more like you. I want to even, you know, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 3 and verse 18 says that we are being transformed from glory to glory. We are being transformed into that same image. What does it mean? It means not only just character, but also in power. Sometimes we place Christ-likeness above walking in power. Now, Christ-likeness is foundational. It's fundamental. It's something that's below the surface. People can't see. That's foundational. But being Christ-like is also walking the way he did. So much as, you know, we pray and say, God, change me. I want to live a pure life. I want to live, I, mean, I want to say things that you would say. You know, I want to do things the way you would do. I want to be gentle. I want to be kind. Let the fruit of the Spirit be formed in me. I want to have joy and peace. And I want to be able to forgive the, you know, unforgivable, love the unfo- unlovable. Much as we pray those prayers and want that to happen in our own lives, we want those changes. Lord, we want to walk in holiness. We want to walk in purity with that same zeal and with that same desire. You know, can we go to God and say, God, I want to walk the way you walked. I want, to, I want to, you know, go and cast down the works of the enemy and your timing. And I want to see what you're doing. I want to do what you're doing. That is Christ-likeness. And I've fallen short of that. I've fallen short of that. So many times we're just satisfied with saying, God, yeah, good life, God. I'm happy. They're happy. Oh, everybody's okay, God. But God would step in to certain situations. He would just rock the boat. Imagine, the money changers are out of the temple. Those who need healing are in. In a moment, and they are getting healed. And on a Sabbath, the man comes with a withered hand. Everybody is looking to Jesus. What would Jesus do? You know, maybe they are carrying that bracelet. What would Jesus do? They are looking at Jesus. Will he, will he, you know, heal on a Sabbath? The Sabbath is holy. Jesus says, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. He would rock the boat in a nice way. Not just to offend people for the sake of offending, but he would step into those situations. And I've fallen short of that. And I want to step into that. Are you with me? Silence. But church, you know, can we as a church, as a family, say, God, you know, we hunger and thirst for you. We want to see you being manifested in our lives. We want to experience your power, but we want to go and do those things, God. Amen. Why don't we um, pray and I just like you to just open your heart to God. You know, God knows where we are, where we stand. He knows our frailties. But the beautiful thing is this. 
he knows that when his anointing or with his anointing, with the fullness of God in us, we will be more than conquerors. And so with confidence, he declares to the disciples and he says, if you believe in me, those who believe in me will do the things that I do. Can that be our one prayer and say, God, I want to be like you. The Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I think he says, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts. Gifts, spiritual gifts, something supernatural that is given by God for the edification of the body, supernatural works that will bring down the works of the enemy. These are tools that God gives in our hands to aid the work of evangelism and missions and so on. Can we say, God, you know, I want to pursue love and I want to desire. The word used there is to lust after. Desire spiritual gifts is okay in God's eyes. In okay, it's okay in God's eyes. Can we just turn to him and say, Lord, Christ-likeness. Yes, just want to be more like you. Let's cry out to God with a hunger and a passion that you never had before. Just pray that God will give us that hunger. God has given that, give us that passion. It will not just be a, a one-day thing. It will not be, be something that, you know, as the week progresses, that it will just come down. But it will be something that, that becomes, that keeps growing. Yes, Lord, just come to you, God, acknowledging that you are God, that you have called us. And Lord, acknowledging that you make no mistakes, God. You are the way, the truth, and the life. So, God, we come acknowledging that what you've said in your word is true, Lord. And we want to be more like you. We want to be more like you in character. We want to be more like you in the way, Lord, you responded, Lord, to those who came, Lord, for healing. Lord, we want to be more like you, Lord, when you have moved with compassion upon seeing the multitudes, God. We want to be more like you, God. Shall we all stand up and just cry out to him and say, Lord, more of you, more of your love, more of your power, more of you in my life, oh God. More of you in my life. Let's cry to him. More love, more love, more power. Make that a prayer and say, more love, more power, God. More, more of you, God. We will not be satisfied with anything less, God. More of you, the fullness of God, the anointing of God, oh, the touch of heaven. More love, oh, Lord. More power, more of you, more of you in my life. Reaching out to heaven, oh yes, more.
lift our voice, lift our voice and say, more love, more love, more, more of you, more of you, God. Just pray, oh God, that you would anoint us afresh, oh God. Oh, yes, Lord, let every stronghold come down in Jesus' name, more Who've, who've seen the pain around and who want change, want to bring about change. And maybe we are doing things in a, in a measure according to God's plan and purpose. You know, can we step into more and say, God, I want that more. I want more of you, Lord, in what I'm doing. I want more of you, first and foremost, in my life, in my family, God. We want to order our lives according to your word, your will and your purpose. And we want to see that more of God in our lives. Just go ahead and just pray that. You are my 
certain things you know that things that need to come down maybe they have taken the place of god in your lives maybe it's a relationship maybe it's something that you hold close to your heart and you're saying i just god i'm so scared that if i let go i will i will just lose it all but can you release that into god's hands you know he will bless and allow him to take that rightful place let him be the one who leads say you are my god be enthroned god you know when you say god you are my god we're actually inviting the domain of the king there's something amazing in your life in your own lives you know we're inviting the king we're inviting the domain of the king and he comes to rule in justice comes to rule in power and righteousness and he brings with him the peace that surpasses all human understanding because he is called the prince of peace so we don't lose anything by letting go in fact we gain more when we just place our lives in our hands when we say god i live my life for you when we just release everything into his hands we actually get a whole lot more the kingdom of god the domain of the king the king himself you are my god and king god and savior lord of all you are my god yes lord we invite you god in our homes god you are my god the lord of this church the lord of this fellowship oh you are our lord God and King, we want to see more of you, more of you. You are my God. You know, just reach out and expect, you know, the impossible. Just pray those radical prayers over your own lives and maybe over the family and say, God, intervene, Lord. Oh, you're my God. Yes, Lord. Oh, for that person who needs to be saved, for that breakthrough, just reach out and say you are my god oh you are my god oh your kingdom oh your rule and reign you are my god yes you are yes you are yes you are you every fear and anxiety in this place oh every depression every thought of suicide we come against it in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus the king of kings and lord of lords his name alone is to be exalted and glorified in this place lifted up in every home that is represented here oh you are my god the king the king of all Yes, Lord, we just want to put our hands at yours, Master. In those nail-pierced hands, God, 
that remind us of what you did for us on the cross. Yes, Lord, sometimes we just try to shake it all and go far away, but Lord, you come, you pursue us with your love, and Lord, you are able to save to the uttermost. We thank you, God. We thank you for drawing us to yourself again. We thank you. We thank you. And we just thank the Lord. And we just thank the Lord for the prayers that he's, he's answering, for the work that he started. You know, he set the ball rolling in some of our lives. We just thank the Lord. Father, thank you for the work. Yes, Lord, you will be faithful to finish it, to complete it, God. We thank you for the work that you started in our lives. The work of restoration, God. The work of, you know, again, renewing our passion for you. Lord, the work of recommitting, coming back to you. Oh, God, yes, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you and give us his peace, his shalom. Amen. 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 If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? You know, let's face this with, with, with that reassurance. The mountains, face it with that reassurance. We didn't promise that mountains will not come, but if God is for us and He is for us. Amen. Have a great week. We'll meet again next Sunday. God bless you. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.